At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Welcome to Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we catch you up with all the changes at Disney World and Disneyland, and what you need to know if you're taking a trip soon. Find all episodes of this podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts, and we'd really appreciate positive reviews. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can check us out on Patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered for bonus content, or you can use me as your travel agent at no cost to you to book your Disney World, Disneyland, or Disney Cruise vacation. The new Disney Wish goes on sale this week, so let me know if you're interested in sailing its inaugural season. Get started today by emailing josephchung at travelmation.net. If you have any questions or topic ideas, email us disneydeciphered at gmail.com, tweet at us at www.deciphered on Twitter, or find us on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. Welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So we had a great episode idea, which was which attractions are most affected during the reopening. But uh, Disney had other plans. And before we got to record it, they went ahead and made a lot of changes to what things are looking like. And so that episode have been completely irrelevant. So we thought it would be... or almost completely irrelevant. So we thought it would be a good time to just update everyone about all the changes at Disney World recently. I think over the last two weeks, it was really hard to keep track. We covered them briefly last episode, but we thought we'd look at everything a little bit more in depth. My head's still kind of spinning. And Leslie, you are on top of all the Disneyland stuff because I have no idea what's going on there. And a lot of stuff's going on there as well, right? Yeah, just so much news dropping. I mean, all over the country, everything's changing so rapidly and then throw theme parks into the mix and our heads are spinning. And I feel like, I've become a theme park blogger this month because who's doing any other kind of travel when like there's news dropping like every other hour? (laughs) It's crazy. It's pretty wild. So we will do our best to get you up to date on the things that you need to know if you are planning a trip in pretty much the summer, I think. I think by fall, things might be different again, but hopefully... What we have will be helpful for you as you're planning your trips. And then, of course, if you are going on trips, you know, we love your data points. We love to hear your experiences because always in practice and in theory, uh, it's not necessarily the same thing. So let's get to it. We discussed it a little bit last week, but there have been a bunch of masks and social distancing changes at Walt Disney World. We will leave all the Disneyland stuff for later. So we're starting with Walt Disney World right now. So Leslie, why don't you help run through at least a couple of these changes? I mean, there's so many. You can take half. I can take half. So, of course, the big news is that masks are no longer required outside while you're walking around. So if you're headed from ride to ride or you're strolling with your beer in Epcot, you do not have to wear your mask. But they are required the moment that you are entering a queue for a ride or you're going indoors to like shop or inside of a restaurant or something like that. That's the outdoor indoor line is sort of whether you're enclosed with other captive people, I guess. 
what they've been doing, even though I think scientifically it doesn't make a difference, I just think in terms of logistics, it makes sense why they're doing it. It's whenever you enter, basically when you pass the fast past Mickey heads that you would normally pass by, that's when they ask you to put on your mask. So Slinky Dog Dash, for example, is a attraction where the entire queue is outside, but it seems like... Once you pass the Slinky Dog sign, like the big sign, the big overhang, that's when they ask you to put on your mask. I think it's just to keep things consistent and to make sure that people don't get confused. So the queue, it doesn't matter whether it's inside or outside. Once you enter the official part of the queue, that's when they ask you to put your mask on, which I think overall people are generally happy with and are people are generally complying with because they have to wear it for so much shorter than they did in the past and then of course in the queue you've got changes as well because social distancing has been reduced by half (laughs) so it's gone from six feet to three feet you can definitely cram people in a little bit more there's just sort of more people that fit in the available space all over the parks and then of course on the rides themselves every row is now being loaded there is Essentially, no more social distancing on any ride. Is there any that you can think of, Joe? Any exceptions? No, I think they've mostly gone away. And if they have not gone away as we're recording this, I think it'll be gone when you're listening to this or a week after. So for all intents and purposes, I think you can think of the distancing on attractions to be normal. I think on some attractions, they may still leave a little bit of space. But in general, like all the shows like Muppet Vision 3D, for example, like all the Social distancing markers, the blocked off rows, that's all gone there. Tower of Terror is loading every row. Soarin' took away the uh, booster child seats that they had plexiglass on. Splash Mountain is putting parties closer together. And Rise of the Resistance is even... I think Rise of the Resistance is the one where they want to get so many people through that that they're even having you sit next to other parties. In general, kind of expect that for the most part... You might be able to get a little bit of space, especially if you ask for it, but they're mostly loading things as normal. And for the shows, I think a couple episodes ago, I was saying how sometimes there's like abnormally long lines. I know last episode we talked about how it's tough to be a bug, had like ridiculous lines throughout the day. Well, since they've gotten rid of the social distancing at all these show type attractions, I think those wait times are going to go way back down just to like pre-pandemic levels. Yeah, I think that's right. And hopefully, I mean, I I do think that even in normal times, you could usually get an empty seat in between yourself and the next party. So I think that's probably still possible in a lot of these shows and things like that if you kind of are strategic about where you want to sit. Yeah, Muppet Vision 3D, as much as we love it, was not selling out. So I think you'll be fine. Sounds good, Joe. So what other things are we seeing change with this mask requirement being lifted or modified? So since you don't have to wear a mask outdoors anymore, there's kind of no reason to have relaxation stations anymore. So those are mostly closing, or at least they're not official relaxation stations anymore because they used to be a section of the park where you didn't have to wear your mask, but now the entire park is that outside. Some of them are still open as seating areas, and I hope that they keep it that way. You know, I remember not in Disney World because Disney World is always so crowded, but like at Disneyland Paris, there was, I can't remember, but it was in Tomorrowland and there was like a cafeteria and it was just empty pretty much empty like they were selling food but it was just so dead in there and it was great to go in there and relax so i do think like if star wars launch bay or wherever they can leave them open to let people relax i think that'll be good we'll see if they do that or not i mean some of them are still open as seating areas but i think that'll be a great thing for the user experience overall 
just uh, kind of anecdotally from following social media and the various Facebook groups that we're in, it seems like the number of people wearing masks outside is 15%-ish. I've seen it as high as 50, but as it's gotten hotter, that number has definitely gone down. However, the flip side of that, on a positive note, if you're worried about these kinds of things, the mask compliance inside the queue has been great. Most people have been saying it has been pretty good. Um, so in case you're wondering about that, that's kind of uh, what we've been hearing. Yep, that's good to hear. You know, I think it threads the needle pretty nicely and hopefully gets people through the hot summer months without passing out <laughs> and being able to drink a little bit of water while they, you know, run from ride to ride. That's great. Okay, Joe, well, let's talk about one of the other elephants in the room, park reservations. Lots of controversy and discussion around this on social media and everywhere the last couple of weeks. So update us on the situation there. Yeah, so I saw someone put up a poll today on Twitter, which was like, do you think Park Pass reservations will be gone by the end of the summer? We want to go on record here and say we think Park Pass reservations are here to stay unless so many people complain about it that it becomes such bad PR that Disney moves away from it because this helps Disney with their operations and this helps them max min their profits. So I do think Park Pass reservations are going to stay. Now, what has happened is Bob Chapek, the CEO, said that capacity for parks increased however it's still pretty solidly booked like through the month of june so i'm not sure if park capacity increased and there were just that many people who were already trying to get park reservations or i'm not sure what's going on but i thought when park capacity increased it would be a lot easier to get last minute reservations but it hasn't seemed the case at least from the calendar now one thing i would say about the calendar is just because it says there's no park pass availability like we've said in the past as long as you're willing to try like a million times or at least a few times just because it says there's no park pass availability for a park on a certain day doesn't mean that's actually the case so you got to actually try to do it now some advice for park reservations is you should continue to try to book in advance as much as possible. Like as soon as you book your trip, just go ahead and book your park pass reservations. Don't let perfect be the enemy of the good. Just get something down. At the very least, you'll know you'll get to all the parks that you want to get to. If you're really nervous, you can spring extra for the park hopper, which will ensure that you can get to all the parks. Overall, maybe I'm hoping like that this isn't going to be a problem by the end of the summer because I do expect capacity to keep increasing. But honestly, like who knows at this point? I We don't know for sure, but we will see. I feel like it's a solid bet that by the fall, it'll be easier to get park reservations except for like right around the 50th anniversary. But I don't know. It's just so up in the air right now. Yeah, famous last words, Joe. I mean, this is just such a big question mark because, you know, everything we've known about supply and demand and when the crowds hit Disney World and when they don't, I mean, just doesn't apply anymore. Everybody's travel patterns are so messed up. I do think a lot of people are trying to get vacations in, you know, to not just Disney, but any kind of travel in, you know, June and July. And so that's definitely people have planned for that time period right about now. And that's why June's booked and July's probably not far behind. So it is it is really weird. Um, it's really hard to predict. But I mean, I'm just telling everybody, if you want to do Disney, you really need to be planning several months in advance and ideally even more because I just don't know what's going to happen as we go later into the summer and fall. Yeah. You know, the weird thing was in July, I was able to get a ton of dining reservations for my clients. So that made me think, well, the capacity is there. Like, So I just don't 
I don't understand what's going on. We'll have to figure it out. I know we're going to talk about Disneyland at the end, but it feels relevant here. Is Disneyland seeing the same kind of patterns with park reservations, or is it because it's still only California residents right now? Things are a little bit more chill. No, it's not chill. It's We'll talk about it, but it's similar. I mean, they're completely booked up through mid-June right now, and then it's spotty availability in late June, and July is wide open. I think a lot of people are booking in advance. Out-of-staters are already booking right now, knowing that it's going to open. I mean, but we'll talk about that. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Okay, sorry, sorry. So let's uh, get through these last Disney World updates really quickly. Quick Rise of the Resistance updates. I think this is just a good reminder since it's kind of still the attraction that everyone is trying to get on, at least until Ratatouille opens in October. Like we stated, groups are being seated together, so that's increasing the throughput. Rise did have like an entire day last week where it was completely down the entire day so hopefully that does not bode negatively for the future but just a quick reminder if you have a hollywood studios park pass reservation at 7 a.m wherever you are you can make your rise of the resistance boarding pass and if not if you don't get it at that point as long as you have tapped into hollywood studios at 1 p.m you get another shot at it another crack at it you do not have to be in the park which is something apparently you knew leslie but I did not know. I found out this week. That's right. I I bested you for once on a Disney World fact. Yes. You were holding out on me. I do not appreciate that. <laughs> All right. And then the last uh, thing to update is Magic Mobile has been rolled out to Android users as well. So if you're Android or iPhone, you can use it. Because of this, Disney has made Magic Bands more expensive. The prices kind of just hopped up by $5 uh, overnight without people knowing. So... That's something to know. Remember, you have to pay for your Magic Bands now, even if you have a Disney hotel reservation. Like, you'll get it discounted, but you still have to pay for it. Just a quick reminder, at this point, that means there's three ways to get into the park or your room if you're staying on site. You can pick up a key to the world card at the front desk, which is like an RFID card that you can use. You can use Magic Mobile, which is kind of like using Apple Pay or Samsung Pay or Google Pay or whatever on your phone, or you can still purchase a Magic Band or use Magic Bands that you've had on previous trips. So that's kind of the update with Magic Mobile. I finally added it to my phone. I feel like an old man, like I do not use my phone to pay for things. And so the whole thing seemed a little bit weird, but I'll try it out next time I'm at Disney World. Yeah, I got to peek at it as well. And thanks to you giving me your password. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> but uh, yes, it uh, looks... They haven't started facial recognition yet, so you can sneak in as me. That's right. It does look cool. I mean, I do mobile boarding passes for air travel, so I think I can get used to this, even though I don't really use, like, Apple Pay or anything like that. It seems interesting, but I still like the Magic Bands. I mean, I'm still going to wear those until they die. Don't, doesn't the battery, like, eventually run out or, like, something something dies? There's not a battery, but, like, is there? I don't know. <laughs> something yeah. dies inside, right? <laughs> uh Something has definitely died inside of me over the past year, but, you know, I don't don't know about the Magic Bands. Okay, that was dark. I apologize. But um, I will say, I'm like, I don't want to fumble with my phone. I I have old Magic Bands, one. Two, some of the, like, new ones look pretty tempting. And three, like, I don't want to fumble with my phone, so I do feel like I'm still going to stick with the Magic Band. It's just so much easier then, like, I don't have to take out my phone. It's just on my wrist. And then, boom, I tap. Now, if you have a Apple Watch, I think you're in a much better situation because you can use that. But I don't have that, so. Nope. Still doesn't work with my Fitbit. I'll be waiting. All right. So, Disneyland. What do we need to know? So, I will say the few things that I know Avengers Campus is opening in June. Disneyland Hotel is supposed to open in July. 
But what else is going on? I know there's like a ton of stuff going on with Disneyland. Let's get the uh, Cliff Notes version. Right. And Paradise Pier is opening June 15th. So we're going to have all three hotels open before the July 4th holiday weekend. So that's that's interesting. Yeah, there's just a lot going on. I mean, we did get a, a little bit more information about Avengers Campus this week. Got all the foodie guide, you know, that came out. And that looks pretty cool. I'm excited about that. Some of the food looks really interesting. We don't know anything about lo- the logistics or the capacity for the land yet. Like, are they going to have a virtual queue? Are they going to sort of hold people in a line outside if it gets too big? Busy. I mean, it's really interesting. I'm, I'm super curious about that because where Avengers Campus is located is really kind of the center of California Adventure. I mean, with it closed, you really had to backtrack around to get between, say, Cars Land and then all the way over to Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout and like Hollywood Land. You lost your cut through. So if they don't let people cut through because they're controlling capacity, it's going to still make for some awkward touring and extra steps. So I'm really curious about that. Joe here with a quick update. About 12 hours after Leslie and I finished recording, we did find out that the Spider-Man attraction is going to be a virtual queue, but it sounds like you should be able to walk through Avengers Campus. So we know that now. All right, back to the show. But there was a little bit of controversy this week about Avengers Campus because Disney announced that they were going to sell this web tech, this new merchandise that basically improves or expands upon your ride experience on the Spider-Man attraction, Web Slingers. And of course, people objected to the upsell and it caused the usual Disney Twitter uh, controversy. So that was interesting to watch. Me as a parent, I don't want to carry around anything extra in the parks. So I'm hoping that my kids remain blissfully unaware of the existence of this stuff. It's like basically kind of like a glove that you wear like on your wrist or something and it improves allows you to shoot different kind of webs on the rides it's interesting but expensive that explains a lot of disney tweets i saw that made no sense to me (laughs) about (laughs) upcharges and uh, paying for extra experiences so yeah that's kind of weird i I, like we talked about this offline a little bit but the spider-man attraction seems like it's gonna be fine but it's definitely not gonna blow anybody's minds and having something to upsell on top of that it's i don't imagine it's going to go well yeah we'll see there was definitely some pushback especially among the ap community who sort of feels a little bit left out right now like left hanging out to dry they want to go back but it's really expensive for them right now and no definitive plans for ap's on the horizon it's interesting i mean i'm going to reserve judgment i'm going to See what it looks like for myself once the land's actually open and I'm there. But my initial reaction was not super positive. I mean, not as much about the upsell, but more about the like, I don't want to carry this darn thing around in my backpack for the day for one ride. No, thank you. <laughs> it sounds like an old school Nintendo Power Glove to me. Yeah, totally. What's old is new again, Joe. We were saying how it feels like it's going to be like Star Wars Galaxy's Edge all over again because it's opening without the headliner. However, I do wonder if Avengers Campus will benefit a little bit from our incredibly, well, maybe not incredibly, but our low expectations. We know that it's kind of going to open in a not as great state. So maybe it'll get a little bit of a bump in guest satisfaction because of that. But we will see. Now let's get to the interesting things. Now I know California said they're on track to fully reopen on June 15th. Do you think that out of state's going to be allowed? I know you're just speculating here. What do people expect Disneyland to do when all this happens? So I think we essentially know, even though no one's said it explicitly 
that out of state is going to be allowed June 15th. I mean, what the the governor's public health director said was that California is adopting the CDC rules for travel. Essentially, that means our travel advisory that the state has had sort of its own, you know, path for that's going away. It sort of was weird the way it was announced. And people were like, well, does that mean out-of-staters can come? Are you sure? It, it It's not been, I guess, said in that way, shape, or form. But I'd say we're 99.9% sure that out-of-staters can come starting June 15th. Because that is when essentially the state is dropping all COVID regulations. Masks can go away. Distancing can go away. Capacity restrictions can go away with one exception. And that exception is for large events. And the state has adopted two different categories, indoor large events, and I think those are over over 5,000 people, and outdoor large events, and those were over 10,000 people. They didn't tell us for sure what theme parks fall into, but I guess have given clarification to some reporters that theme parks are going to be considered outdoor. So those don't have any real restrictions other than vaccine verification or testing is recommended but not required. So what we don't know is whether theme parks are going to say, sure, we'll accept that recommendation and like all of the hassle that comes with it, or whether they'll say, thanks for the recommendation, state of California, we'll just, you know, keep masks on or something like that. And we're not going to worry with that. We don't know. We don't know how the theme parks are going to actually execute. They have a couple different options. I mean, I suspect Disney doesn't want to be in the verification business or the testing business, and they'll probably adopt some sort of a mask regime like Walt Disney World has, where masks are on in the queues and indoors so that people feel safe around unvaccinated fellow guests. But, you know, outdoors, there's some sort of a loosening. That's that's my prediction. I guess I'm on record for that now. Yeah, it feels like a pretty safe bet. And when we find out more, we will let everyone know. Now, what I'm really curious about is I've been seeing much longer lines and crowds. So it looks like Disneyland has gotten pretty busy recently. So what is going on with capacity and how is that affecting people's guest experience at Disneyland right now? So right now, Disneyland this past week did move into the yellow tier, which allowed theme parks to go up to 35% capacity. That's up from 25%. Of course, I think we all know that Disneyland didn't do that. I mean, they did release some more park reservations on the calendar, but those got snatched up pretty fast. So it couldn't have been a massive number of reservations. So I, I suspect that they're slowly creeping towards that 35. But lines are getting longer. I mean, it isn't what it was like on opening day for me where I basically walked on Thunder Mountain and had five minute wait at Peter Pan. I mean, that's not happening anymore. I do think some of the the sky is falling kind of commentary that you see on Twitter is, is overstated. I had a friend who was there this weekend. They were not Disney super fans. They don't go, but you know, once every few years. And they said it was lovely. So maybe the sky is falling for those of us who were like super hackers at using MaxPass and never waited in a line the last couple of years because now, you know, there are standby queues we have to wait in and they're 20 minutes long. Heaven help us. So, you know, I guess it sort of depends on your perspective. I mean, I think if you're just an average family who is taking your once every other year trip to Disneyland, you're still going to find the queues quite lovely and manageable and and you'll still get in a lot of rides. I mean, what's really holding Disney back at this point is even though the parks can increase capacity, the attractions still have capacity limitations. Like they still have to skip a bunch of rows because of the theme park guidelines that are in place. So once those theme park guidelines are lifted on June 15th, Disney can 
you know, pack the rows like they're doing at Walt Disney World a lot more. And it may actually improve things. I mean, I'm, I'm really curious. I'm actually going to be there during the changeover. So I, I'm at first I thought, oh, you know, June 14th is going to be glorious. And then it's going to be a crush on June 15th. It might be the reverse. We shall see because they may be able to load the attractions much more efficiently on June 15th. I guess we'll see. I feel like by the time we get to the fall, things will have mostly smoothed themselves out and we will know what things are going to look like in the quote-unquote new normal in the future. But uh, we shall see. So anything else from Disneyland? I think we about covered it, Joe. Let's hop on over to our Disney do or don't. What do you have for us? Yes, so this is not a practical tip necessarily, but I think for my Disney do this week is you really need to try to stay on top of this news if you have a trip within the next three months. I know that's really annoying and we'll do our best to cover it here. And, you know, of course, if I'm your travel agent, I will let you know uh, what's going on. But the reality is that things are changing so fast. I do think it'll have slowed down. But like if you were taking a trip in the past two weeks, you probably were at Disney World while things change. So it's just very important to like be flexible and be ready for news to happen and be ready to adjust to that news as it goes. I think any travel right now, we still need to be flexible and ready and, you know, not let these changes um, ruin our vacations because it is still a moving target, at least for the next couple of months. That's right. And I uh, will be furiously updating as many blog posts as I can on trips with tykes. And Joe's feeding me updates too, because of course Joe has written some of the great posts for Walt Disney World. So we'll do our best to, to keep you updated in written form as well. Yes, as I'm sure many of you are finding out, not only has travel reopened, but a lot of our lives have reopened with all these after-school activities that didn't exist for like a year. So, you know, we're doing our best to keep you all updated, but we've also had to figure out uh, how to take our kids to Little League and stuff like that, too. Driving me nuts. Good problem to have, though. I'm not going to complain about it ever again, Joe. Yes, no, I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. Okay, I'm <laughs> complaining a little. All right, a better little, get out of a little. If you have updates that we missed, please let us know, DisneyDeciphered.gmail.com, at WDWDeciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. We'd love to hear your feedback and your comments. Please let us know there. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Other than that, Leslie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me, and I will see you fiercely updating your blog posts or making me do it. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Joe.